Today is Thursday, January 9th, 2020. On this day in 1905, a cavalry of armed Russian soldiers fired into a crowd of peaceful protesters outside the Winter Palace in St. Petersburg. The massacre, known as Bloody Sunday, sparked the revolution that brought the Russian monarchy to its knees. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the Bloody Sunday Massacre in St. Petersburg, a peaceful protest turned bloodbath. Let's go back to St. Petersburg, Russia, on the morning of January 9, 1905, just as the sun began to melt the morning chill. They gathered in the square, over a hundred thousand strong, civil servants, factory workers, and students alike. They carried a petition signed by over 135,000 Russian citizens, begging three requests from Tsar Nicholas II. An eight-hour workday, a minimum wage of one ruble per day, and a representative body that would pave the way to a more democratic Russia. The crowd had amassed to deliver the petition to the Tsar himself. They would walk to the gates of the Winter Palace and humbly ask their monarch for help. Many of the protesters had brought large signs depicting iconography of the Tsar and his family. Surely this show of support for their monarch would endear Tsar Nicholas to their cause. As they made their way toward the Winter Palace, they began to sing the national anthem, God Save the Tsar. Many among them began to weep. For years, the people of Russia had felt torn between deep patriotism and anger at deteriorating living conditions, a product of failing infrastructure, poverty, and inflation due to Russia's ongoing war with Japan. They hoped their czar would realize that they did not blame him for the war or for the conditions throughout his empire. They merely wanted help. But as they neared the Winter Palace, they were greeted by the Russian cavalry. These soldiers, mounted on horseback, created a human shield around the front gates. As the unarmed crowd drew nearer, they waved at the soldiers and cheered for the Tsar showing they came in peace. To this day, no one is completely sure what caused the cavalry to fire. The only clear fact is that they were completely unprovoked. As shots rang out over the courtyard, the protesters began to run, screaming, begging the soldiers to stop. Instead, the soldiers reloaded. Within about three minutes, the crowd had dispersed. The protesters scattered like rats down side streets and alleyways. As they escaped the square, many of them tripped over scores of dead bodies or slipped in the pools of blood collecting on the cobblestone. At least 100 people lay dead in the courtyard. Most of their bodies would be dumped in a mass grave just outside the city, and the bereaved family and friends 
deprived of the right to claim their dead, would only grow more livid when they learned that Tsar Nicholas and his family had fled the city two days before, fearing a revolution. They were miles away at another of their lavish palaces, safe from the peasants who had meant them no harm. When news of the massacre reached the Tsar, he expressed sympathy for the lives lost, but he didn't allow the news to dampen his good time. Instead, he spent the day amongst his family at their royal residence in Tsarskoye Silo, a lavish palace south of St. Petersburg. That day would also mark the moment Tsar Nicholas II turned his back on the possibility of a democratic Russia, and in doing so, sealed his own fate. The Tsar's callousness sparked the flame of revolution. It wouldn't be long before Russia would be thrown into chaos, and soon after, total anarchy. In a moment, a spark of rage kindles revolution. Now, back to the story. On the morning of January 9, 1905, Russian soldiers opened fire on an unarmed, peaceful protest, killing or wounding at least 400 civilians. The massacre, which would come to be known as Bloody Sunday, barely made an impression on the Tsar. However, in the streets of St. Petersburg, the embers of revolution burned bright. In the wake of Bloody Sunday, the Russian people believed more drastic measures would be needed to incite change. Factory workers immediately went on strike. Soon, civil servants, students, peasants, and even royal servants working in the palace began to join in the protest. By the end of January 1905, 150,000 of St. Petersburg's 175,000 workers had gone on strike, causing the economy to plummet. Russia was plunged into chaos. Within months, the number of strikers increased to approximately one-third of Russia's industrial workforce, over one million people. As the people united, the Russian autocracy grew increasingly isolated. Peasants living far below the poverty line began to pillage their wealthy landowners' mansions, looting valuables so they could afford to eat. Street fights between loyalists and revolutionaries became a daily occurrence. And as the resistance grew, the violence escalated. Several assassination attempts were made on members of the upper class. Two of these plots were successful and killed high-profile members of the Russian autocracy. The first was the assassination of the Tsar's uncle, Grand Duke Sergei of Russia. The next was Viktor Zarakov, the former minister of war. If that weren't cause enough for Tsar Nicholas's concern, Black Sea Fleet sailors began to rebel. Tsar Nicholas's own military was turning against him. By this point, Russia had been thrown into all-out anarchy. By the fall of 1905, the country was a powder keg. Bloody Sunday was a slow-traveling spark, but make no mistake, the entire country was about to explode. 
By October 1905, the resistance had grown to include Russian citizens from all walks of life, many of whom joined labor unions as a show of solidarity. 14 of these unions joined together to create the Union of Unions, a movement which supported a representative government. In October 1905, after suffering massive defeats, Russia was forced to sue Japan for peace, ending the Russo-Japanese War. The defeat was an international embarrassment for Tsar Nicholas II, especially given the circumstances. The Russians were forced to relinquish control of Manchuria to Japan. They lost their Manchurian harbor town of Port Arthur and had to withdraw all troops from the region. The Russian people blamed the loss on poor leadership and the Tsar himself. The Russian Empire's infrastructure crumbled. The entire economy was on the brink of collapse. And so, under immense pressure, Tsar Nicholas II finally agreed to move toward a representative government. He allowed the people of Russia to form an elected representative body called the Duma, which would ideally give the people a voice in government. The Duma first met on April 27, 1906, and lasted in some capacity until the fall of the Russian Empire in 1917. However, the Duma did very little for Russian democracy on the whole. The people's struggles were far from over. In fact, the fight for Russian democracy would last the next eight decades. Tsar Nicholas and his family would be murdered by the Bolsheviks in 1918 after the end of the First World War. The Soviet Union would usher in a new era of suffering and starvation through communism. And it wouldn't be until 1991 that a true representative governing body would be established in Moscow. In many ways, the repercussions of Bloody Sunday are still felt throughout Russia. The people lost all faith in their leaders on that day. And it's a long road to earn that kind of trust back. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. If today's episode piqued your interest, you may also enjoy our female criminals episodes on Marie Sukloff, a revolutionary assassin spurred to action by the bloody program of 1903. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals like Today in True Crime for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Andy Waits, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro and Carly Madden. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Aaron Lan, 
with writing assistance by Maggie Admire. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 